welcome to Horror Movie Talk's special The Haunting of Hill House After Show. On a normal episode, we would review and discuss one horror film in great detail, but for this series of 10-plus episodes on The Haunting of Hill House, we will have an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, your expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and me, Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. So, without further ado, let's get into The Haunting of Hill House After Show with Horror Movie Talk, Episode 4, The Twin Thing. So, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, as I said, we will be talking about Episode 4 of The Haunting of Hill House. We'll start out by giving a brief, very brief synopsis of the episode, and then we'll get into spoilers and talk about everything you would expect a after show to talk about. We'll take a deeper dive into what we liked, pretty much just liked about this yeah. show. I didn't hate anything about it. Um, so this episode, the synopsis for this episode is basically this. This is about the twins, Luke and Nell, but more precisely, this is really about Luke because... At the start of this series, we lost Nell. Nell is kind of the mist part of the mystery around which this family is trying to kind of unravel, unknowingly unravel, as we progress through this series. Uh, so this is mostly about Luke and what he's gone through and kind of the demons he struggles with, quite literally. So... Um, so with that, um, if you guys would like to check us out, you can do so by heading on over to our website. That's HorrorMovieTalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media. We have a really wonderful Horror Movie Talk Facebook group of a bunch of really nice, kind people who just want to talk about horror and share memes. And uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a really nice place that we try to keep free of spam. We post new episodes of our regular show uh, every single Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe to us and you can listen to us every single Wednesday. And if you'd like to call into the show, you can do so by calling our voicemail line at 682 253 Four four six eight. If you'd like to support us in some way for this free show that we produce uh, at a loss to us, you can do so by by heading over to patreon.com slash horror movie talk. And from there, we have a bunch of really nice perks that we refresh every week for our patrons. So thanks again. And let's get into spoilers. <laughs> Like I said, we get to kind of take a closer look at the twins, which up until this point, um, I mean, aside from the beautiful Theo, uh, is kind of the most compelling uh, set of characters in this. Well, they're almost one character because they're twins. Have Have you ever known twins? Have you ever been close with twins? Um, no, not personally. I've had a lot of twins in my life. Really? Uh, yeah, I um. There's well, one of my best friends for most of my life was a twin, um, hmm. and so yeah, there. But he wasn't he wasn't very close at all with his brother, and they were like they kind of hated each other. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but, how old were they at the time? I wonder if it was their like whole a phase. life. Oh, yeah, really? No, yeah, they were. Huh. 
yeah, they they did not they were not big fans of each other. They weren't terribly similar. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, were they paternal or identical? They twins? were paternal. Yeah. 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 Um in which is the case in in the case of Luke and Nell. They're, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a boy and a girl. Uh but at the start of this, Luke apparently has a ghost called Abigail that he talks to. And then it's not really alluded to again in this episode. That was kind of a, a strange start uh, that I couldn't fully. Well, she was mentioned before. Tie into anything. Like, I think she's. Yeah, I think in, a, in past episodes, they mentioned that or he's brought her up in the past before of like seeing a little girl. And they're like, no, there's no little girl in the woods. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his young self. Yeah. Is he's he's got this little ghost who he's he's friends t- with. Yeah, he's he's friends with. Um so then then we kind of fast forward to him in today, right? As a as an addict, kind of mm-hmm. a junkie, and he's at an AA meeting and there's this this and this is one of those this is one of these signature Mike Flanagan moves where he doesn't show you. He has somebody tell the story for you, and that's somehow much more effective right. than actually going through the beats with like CGI or even yeah. even um, regular effect. Even um, what do you call them? Um, practical practical effects. effects. It's more impressive to have this blind man at an AA con or an AA meeting tell the story of how he became blind and what haunts him, which is, uh, you know, he was in, in Iraq or some, uh, presumably Iraq. I'm not exactly sure where I think, I think they said Iraq, but he describes the horrors of war mm-hmm. and coming upon this little girl who apparently when fire burns at like, you know, around the correct temperature, people's eyes can melt out of their heads. Oof. Is that rough for you? Yep. Yeah. And uh, and this this image just follows him everywhere. Every time he closes his eyes, he can't he can't shake it. And uh, yeah, imagine how much. I mean, think about that. How much edge it would take off if they just showed you special effects or like just a prosthetic face with someone's eyes melting out. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> well, that's fake. Yeah. And then if they just tell you it's only your mind's eye that conjures it up and you make it much, much worse and more realistic than making me feel ill. (laughs) Oh, gross. Bravo, Flanagan. Yeah, it's 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 checkmate. It's a really well done, uh, well executed thing because because you can you can. And if you've ever known anybody who's, you know, gone who has PTSD of some variety. Uh-huh. Oh man, they talk about this kind of stuff. Like I had a buddy who I didn't know terribly well, but uh you know, I was acquaintances with him uh, in the forest service and he had been an artillery man in, you know, in the Middle East where he just he just pulled the trigger on these big guns, you know? Uh, thousands. Uh-huh. Thousands of times. And he's like, "How many people did I kill? I won't ever know." Did I kill lots of people? How many of were them of them were innocent? Probably a lot of them, because of the statistics they have on. Like, so you're talking about artillery, long range, long like, range okay. art ordinances are they're not accurate. They're famously not accurate. Yeah. And so he's the trigger man for this thing, and that dude had some fucking rough times. And so, like, I get this is a super effective thing in this AA meeting. Yeah. Where it's like 
is a real thing that people deal with yeah. all the time. I mean, I know people that are, I'm about 99% sure that they are pulling triggers and looking through a viewfinder of a camera and they get to watch people explode, you know, mm. either from bullets or from ordnance. We got to get off of this. I'm getting like, fucking it's, uh, I can you imagine how intense that would be? Just like, or worse, how, how, how mundane <sighs> it might become. <sighs> ah, anyways, war is hell. Moving uh, on. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this this is a real look at a real-life AA meeting. I mean, this is this yeah. is what they look like. I mean, this is... It shows Luke in the present day as an addict or recovering addict, and it kind of introdu- introduces him as he's receiving his 90-day chip. Right. Which has been mentioned in previous episodes, but we see him now, and we're kind of waiting for him to fall off the wagon, because in previous episodes, we've seen him, like, stealing from Steven. Right. And it's... It's very obvious, quote unquote, that he's relapsing. Yes. And he's there to steal money for drugs. Right. And uh, kind of showing the backstory of that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting because it delves into all these aspects of being human. Like, as a kid, Luke really used art to, to kind of, like, express himself and get it out. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, his experience, he would experience something and then he'd draw about it. But then... As an adult, he's, he's he's clearly not doing that anymore. He has substituted uh, drugs for for the thing he uses to get it out or to get away from it, you right. know, to escape his demons. He now he he's switched off of of being artistic and he has started, you know, just just yeah. It's kind of like tragic because you see you see him as a little kid and it makes you think like, I mean, you you have a story in your mind about. Yeah. Where addicts come from. Yeah. People homeless on the street that are, you know, living day to day and trying to get their high. Like, well, what was their life before that led them to this point? And the answer is like. It's a lot of shit. Man. It's a lot of different stories. You yeah. can be like um, in a, you know, like a wealthy family. And just not get enough attention. And not get enough attention. No, and, seriously. Yeah. That's not a fucking joke. No, like, yeah. I mean, you can you can be from like have the most horrific life of abuse and and like tragedy, and it can all lead to the same place if you get addicted to drugs. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, uh, you know, and and it makes you think about what you what you are or are not doing with your own kids, right? You're like, right? You're like, you constantly. I'm constantly like thinking, okay, well, how might this how might this fuck up my kid? Or what am I not doing that might be fucking them up? You know, like uh, maybe I look at my phone too much while she's like, daddy, daddy, look at this picture mm-hmm. I drew. In a, and like, and it all comes back to this place of like, you're going to get fucked up, but how can we mitigate that? You know, right. like how can we do the best we can? So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, just when you're, I think a lot of this has been lost to, especially today. It seems, seems like people are so quick to judge and hate on everybody else. Just think about what other people have been through. If they're on the opposite side of the political spectrum than you, they got there somehow and they're still a person and they're still deserving of, of humanity. Just give people their humanity. Even the people on the street, 
Yeah. Everybody has experienced shit, and it's yeah. all about how we deal with it. So I don't know. I, that's yeah. what I really like about these episodes. It kind of makes you think about yeah. the humanity inherent within all of us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's a high horse, but um. So oh, there's oh man, this this thing where they where they're putting buttons through the. Uh, they're putting buttons through like the intercom system, uh-huh. the old fashioned piping yeah. intercoms. And she's like, OK, uh, Nell is, is talking to talking to her brother, Luke, down at the bottom of the. the I'm going to put some button, three buttons down through this intercom. And they come down through it. And he's got his hat, uh-huh. you know, his top hat, which is important because uh-huh. the demon that has basically attached itself to him. Yeah. The floating man. The f- Man, there's so many good ghosts in yeah. this show, man. The floating man, floating man, bent leg lady or bent neck lady. The the zombie under the house. The zombie under the house. Dude, the floating man though. This sequence in this show, of like you hear that tap, tap, tap yeah. in the hallway, and you're like, what the fuck? Something's walking. It's real like slow. one. It's a real accomplishment to show the ghost for an extended ama- amount of time and, and have it still be like. Jesus horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yes. Where you just like, oh, it's a man walking with the. Ca- oh. Oh, he's floating, and right. the cane. He's using the cane to propel himself. Oh. Anyway, so the third button doesn't make it down. This he's thing. Like, oh, we got two buttons. That's my impression of, of little Luke. So cute. He's such an adorable little I got actor. Two buttons. Where's the third button? I don't know where they are. Yeah, and and then she, so she comes running down to be like, "What are you sure you only?" And they're talking, and while they talk, the third button falls out. It's like, "Who's the third button?" Must have got stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I bet it did. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see here. Oh, so one of the things that uh, so so Luke has a relationship with a female in. AA or in his recovery program. Uh-huh. And this woman is named Joey. Uh-huh. And in the first scene where they're in the bunks, I've heard a lot of people say, if you keep an eye out in the background, there's a lot of fucking ghosts in this show mm. that just are never mentioned or talked I, about. I never noticed this one. But you wrote it down. Yeah. Nell is actually behind Luke in an, in a, like a silhouette in the lower bunk as he's talking really? to Joey. Huh? And you just don't notice it because it's it's almost like it's a full bunk room. Right. Right? But it's not. It's an empty bunk room. But your mind just goes, oh, it's just a person back there. Right. Um, but she's silhouetted, silhouetted and she's there with him. And uh, so that I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I finally caught one. I'm, so he's, I'm bad at that. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty, like, amorphous. It's, it's, it's not obvious, and that's what makes them good if you, like, really keep your eye on the... I mean, I've seen like the, the edits where it, it does a compilation of them. And even then I'm like, what am I yeah. looking at? The, without, like, I yeah. Without the context, it's hard to. Yeah. And then, um, anyway, so he's got this relationship with this girl named Joey Yeah, and the, the head of the, you know, recovery program is like, yeah. you know, we kind of say don't have relationships for the first year because it you know, fucks you up and you need to be relying on yourself kind of thing. And they're insistent that they don't have a relationship. They're just friends. But but know? then she kind of redrives the point home. She's like, yeah, but you're friends. That That is a relationship. Right. No, no, none of that. Like, you can be... You can be close, 
Uh, you can be uh, a cl- close acquaintances, but that's as close as you should be. Which is kind of weird because, like, I don't know, it feels like uh, research or knowledge around addiction points to not that. Where it's like, really the reason why a lot of people are get addicted is they don't have the support structure or the security of... Maybe well, I mean maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know that they've done like studies on, on uh, uh, where like they I mean this is not a good analog, but they they do a study on rats where they provide rats an unlimited amount of of uh, you know narcotics or whatever. Yeah, but- and that if one has like other rats to be social with and and that's uh, has, too, a, has a good that's life, too simplified. Well, yeah. that boils it down into such a weird binary like nothing no it makes sense because as an addict you have to i think this is this is my best attempt at this you really have to come to know and understand and be and love yourself before you can really continue on because otherwise anything can be you you can you can your mind can snake its way into into being like any fucking thing is a reason to relapse right it's and and so the the less of those little trigger things that are available to to you on that road to recovery, the better. And and a good apparently a good uh, time frame for that is about a year. You know, so it's like just just work on you. Now, that's really important that you work on you and not be dependent on someone else because other people will let you down. And as soon as they do, you're just going to be like, hey, here's an excuse to relapse. Anyway, yeah. So this friend Joey, she she uh skips out on rehab, which is a big no no. Like if you leave rehab, you don't really get an opportunity to come back. Right. Or they just fill the spot with someone that's not gonna, you know, fuck yeah. it up. Right. No, um, they fill it up with someone who they hope won't fuck it up. Right. But might. <laughs> so he sees that she's gone and he follows her, and that's like most of the episode is the is her, him trying to find her, finding her being ultimately disappointed and and betrayed by her kind of yeah and uh just a real like harrowing story of addiction dark shit yeah yeah yeah. and and as he as he gets out onto the streets you know the 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 floating man is there you know right it's following him and and it's disturbing because it's always his back right and he's like walking away and the the floating man is floating towards him like backwards yeah yeah oof Ugh. And um, yeah, I mean, eventually what he ends up doing is, is it gets tied back this, this um, storyline you're, you're talking about where he's on the street and he's looking for Joey eventually leads to, like you said, him finding Joey and then her being like, can we get some shit? Can we get some fucking money? Can you like get some out of your brother? They go to his brother's house. Well, what it is, is like he tries to right. call uh, the rehab center. Hotel. Well, he calls the rehab center and they say, you can't come back. Definitely not tonight. We're like closed, closed up shop. And so he wants to find a safe place for her to come down off of right. being high. That's all. It always starts with good intentions, right? And uh, they need money for a hotel. And so she, so he, you know, realizes that he can probably get some money from his family. Um, through many, you know, attempts, he finally arrives at Stephen's house. And that's where it picks up where the scene that we saw him. And we realized that, like, he's not, he hasn't relapsed, but he looks like shit. Because throughout this whole episode, 
and he even mentions it like it feels like he has um he's talking about he has symptoms of withdrawal even though he hasn't used at all yeah he's talking about how his his arms and legs are cold and stiff yeah and he like his he keeps grabbing at his neck yeah like rubbing the back of his neck and um it's like got all these symptoms where he, he you know he's just as healthy and you know hasn't relapsed at all it's this, it's this ghost that's haunting him yeah but he looks like shit yeah yeah and um and let's see here what, what oh man the, the back to these nighttime scenes with these kids i know I, i've already said this but the casting in this is just superb like these they all such spot on like the actors and the the children actors are all matched up so well to each other. It's astonishing to me they aren't all uh, somehow related to each other. But um, but these nighttime scenes are harrowing. Yeah. Where this where this floating man comes in and like f- hovers over Nell at night as she sleeps. Oh, oh! It makes me want to. Just makes me want to throw up. It's yeah. So fucking scary. Um, and uh, and also. Um, it you know, oh man! I can't, did you have you had these things where you've where you were a little kid and you're like trying to hide under your bed mm. and you're like trying to be quiet or you're trying to hide somewhere and you're you're just you're just mortified beyond belief and you're trying to be quiet but somehow your, your breathing is like <gasps> have you had that? I mean, I feel like I have an inkling of that, but I can't remember specifically. This pulls it off so well. Yeah, this is like. This is exactly what I remember experiencing, and I can't remember the situations. I think maybe the closest um, analogous situation for me is when me and my friends would sneak out at night during a sleepover, be mm. like midnight or one. Yeah, yeah. And that was always the goal of like, well, we've got to sneak out and go do something. Yeah. You're like, we've got to go egg a house, and we never actually have the balls to do it. Yeah. We'd take some eggs out. And I think one time we even like ended you up just- never. We did. Okay. We did. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think I ever actually threw an egg. That makes sense. Because it's me. You Um, fucking patsy. But I remember the first time it was with Kevin. Kevin will eventually be on this podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. I asked him recently, and he's like too paranoid about COVID right now. Oh, okay. Um, Fair enough. But uh, he... You could uh, have him on over the phone. Could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We... One of the first times we snuck out... We ended up egging Kevin's house. This is the perfect crime. <laughs> no one would guess that we egged his own house. Yeah, because it's retarded. <laughs> yeah. But I remember like sneaking out and being like out or go- walking down to like the close, like to the closest school. And we're just paranoid that someone was going to see us and call the police on us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And never happened. I think maybe once or twice. Oh, man. I had the police called on me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what is it about being like a like preteen kid, preteen boy, pre-teen. and just having everyone super suspicious of your activities? Oh yeah, well it's it feels very normal for a preteen kid, you know. I right. Know. I yeah. I mean yeah. So moving on. In this episode, Steve is a real dick. The older brother is just right. endlessly when douchey. It shows him going to dinner with Stephen and his wife in kind of a flashback. And I think he has 30 days. It was yeah, like his 30 yeah, yeah. days chip. 
and kind of celebrating, you know, and Steven is like, he does not give a fuck because he has no faith in his brother, apparently. And I understand this viewpoint, like, very well. You know, it's like, uh, because addicts just endlessly disappoint you if you hang your, if you, if you hang your, your happiness or your sadness on their success, them succeeding. Yeah. It can only go bad. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, Jesus. Wow. Something's happening up there. Keep going. So. Uh, I'm sorry. My kids are having the apocalypse upstairs. So, I mean, yeah, like. He takes Joey and him to dinner and, and like, Steven's like, yeah, she seems like a con artist. Yeah. And uh, you're a constant disappointment, so I'm just waiting to be disappointed again. You're just a real fuck up. And Steven's, er, uh, uh, Luke. Luke is like, well, thanks, man. Thanks. This thanks was, a lot. This is really, really aiding in my recovery. This is really what I needed. Just reminded how much of a piece of shit I am. All right. See you later, bud. Yeah. Yeah, and then we learn that, you know, at the end of this escapade where Luke is, um, you know, trying to help Joey find a room to come down off of, she's like, hey, you know, I'm going to go take a pee, or no, I guess I'm going to go shoot up over here in this alley, right? and then I'll be right back. Um, can I have the money, or something like that? Yeah, that's the that's the thing, like... Um, she runs with the money. She runs with the money. If you are there specifically to help someone... um come off withdrawals or to protect them from having drugs. Like, wouldn't that be your time to just be like, no, no, you're not going to go have another bump. Like, that's not what we're here for. You can't control other people, man. You really can't. I mean, you, yeah, she's going to throw a fit and whatnot, but you don't have to give her money and say, okay, I'll, I'll be right here. Oh yeah. There's a big difference between, yeah, being a, an enabler and then, and being, you know, just somebody who's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, he doesn't have to enable her, but he yeah. loves her. Yeah, know? he seems to be more like the former. He's kind of enabling her. Yeah, and, um, and you know, so now he's alone. He's out on the streets. The man's just right there behind him. The man kind of all the, the right. kind of symbolizes his addiction. It's like, right. it's just going to, here it comes. It's just inevitable. It's going to get you. And, uh, and he's got this little ritual, this little thing where he's like, you touch seven rocks. And that's and that stands for each person in her family. One, two, three, four, and you got to count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And this is something. This is a little totem ritual thing. Oh man, I I did this shit endlessly as a kid. I I, w- I would always t- try and try and make sense of the world through yeah. through things that I thought I had control over. You know, I thought they had some sort of magic to somehow uh give me good luck or give me uh yeah you, you know did you did you do that as a, as a kid i'm sure i did i can't remember specifically but there's something that i love about movies or, or shows that can really tap into this yeah. kid logic yes or kid behavior like it's fan- like ain't it it's kind of great yeah um stand by me Recently, I watched a uh, cop car. Have you ever seen that Mm-mm. movie? Mm-mm. Oh man, that movie's great. Why? Just because. So, <laughs> I mean, it's played up a little, but also, it's one of the funniest uh, movies in terms of kid logic, mm. because it has these two boys. They're like nine or ten, mm. maybe, and they decide to go run away. 
Mm-hmm. And so they run away and, you know, they're very obviously very ill prepared because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're walking away and in their in their uh, exploits, they walk. A, they come across an abandoned cop car. OK. That still has the keys in it. Whoa. And they end up taking it. Of course. And uh, running away. And then it's revealed that Kevin Bacon, the cop attached to the cop car, just murdered someone and buried the body. <laughs> now he doesn't have his cop car. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> and so it's like kind of a chase um, movie where he's trying to track down these kids, and these kids the whole time are like in their own fantasy world and yeah. like coming up with yeah. their like well yeah doing like, kid shit yeah hardcore they kid don't shit. understand like well what if what if an adult sees us and like we're in a cop car we can just tell them that we're police. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. They have to do what we what we tell them to do. It's like... <laughs> That's super kid logic. Yeah. You would really like The Hunt for Wilder People. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It has uh, Sam O'Neill in it. Yeah, I saw and, the preview for it. I think it's Taika Waititi's yes. first well, feature-length film. One of... Yeah, one of them. And, uh, man, I've, I this is like my feel-good movie that yeah. I enjoy watching. Did you ever read that book, uh, the, uh, the Wasp Factory? No. Oh, man. It's very this. It's yeah. very that kid logic stuff. Anyway, so um and then finally we have, you know, we have the realization that Nell is dead and that's yeah. how we end out this episode. And then he, he cuz they talk about the twin thing, the the episode is like being able to either you know, you've heard about it before, either feel what the other twin right. is feeling or right. kind of into it what's going on with them or you know, under, knowing that they're going to call you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so this whole time while he's talking about, and it's really like kind of disturbing. He's talking about, oh, my my Sister. legs and my arms just feel like really, really like sore and tight. It's yeah. Like, and then you oh, yourself. Shit, I didn't even make this connection. Oh, really? Yeah. Me the whole time. Like, yeah, it's, you're feeling rigor mortis from your sister that's <sighs> dead. And like grabbing his neck. It's because she she hung herself. I didn't even make that connection. That's really? incredible. Yeah. Wow. That is that makes it so much better. Yeah. Wow. Well, what what a great way to end this. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Horror Movie Talk After Show for The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, make sure to subscribe and share this uh, this podcast with a friend as that is how we grow. We do produce a free podcast, so if you'd like to support us, um, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash horror movie talk. We have all kinds of perks and benefits on a weekly basis for you to take part in. And so you really get to support us and get something out of it too. Um, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble, who does artwork for us on all of our normal Wednesday shows. He's a professional artist and he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So make sure to contact him at dgobel00 that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 on instagram and make your artistic dreams come true special thanks to maxwell.r.allen for producing the intro music for these episodes thank you so much for listening and if you'd like to give us a call to our voicemail line you can do so by calling 682-253-4468 thank you and have a fabulous day we love you Bye-bye. Bye.